Hello and welcome to this last episode of Copper Bottomed, the genuine and trustworthy look at the copper markets, uh, the last episode for 2023. Uh, I'm recording this between Christmas and New Year. I'm reviewing the last few news releases that, that are being published by various companies. At the moment, the last few uh, results are coming out and uh, a wee review of the year, the market, um, what we've seen on, on the macro front. In terms of the market, there are newspapers and uh, news agencies that are now putting out reviews of the year. Um, I've just kind of taken a couple of headlines. Um, one, this one here is from the um, from the Financial Times. It says um, hits and misses range bound copper brassed us off, and flat oil flattered us. Um, you know, they um, the Financial Times was bullish at the start of the year in terms of the copper price, and it hasn't really delivered in terms of it hasn't made uh, significant gains. Um, <clears throat> that's quite interesting, and I'll come on to that. Um, Bloomberg note that nickel is um, the year's biggest metals loser, um, although I think if you went to look at something like lithium, you'd see that that's down a lot more than nickel, um, and copper manages a small gain. Really, the kind of the context of all of this is that uh, demand uh, was supposed to be very weak in 2023. There was this kind of great concern about the the health of the, the global economy, with particular concerns about the the strength of the Chinese economy. Um, the kind of the Chinese um, property market was falling over, and I think really what we've seen all through this year is actually demand has stayed pretty strong. Um, right across the board. And um, already you're seeing things like this. Um, China smelters cut copper one, um, cut Q and copper guidance price as the supply outlook tightens. So the smelters are going to be making less money, which means that the, the copper price uh, should do well. And there you go, the supply outlook tightens. So producers continually fail to deliver a kind of new material. Demand continues to be strong. Metal prices, copper prices stay strong even in a year when there's expected to be a downturn. Um, I, I'm trying to battle my bias, my positivity towards towards copper just by trying to look at the facts. But um, <clears throat> and then you see little headlines like this saying, you know, Bougainville looking to reopen the mine that sparked Pacific Island civil war. Just the difficulty about bringing new mines into production. It's seen time and time and time again. If you have a look at these two. Uh, metal charts. This, the one at the left here, this is the copper price for the year. And you can see that actually it's, be, I mean, uh, the observations made by um, the Financial Times and by Bloomberg are accurate, of course, as one would hope. Um, the metal price has been relatively range bound. Um, it's made a small gain on the year. Uh, we're sitting just under $4 per pound. But if you look at it on a 20-year basis, this is um, going back actually just over 20 years. This is kind of the start of 2002 here. Um, now, if you can remember all the way back to 2002, that was when China entered the World Trade Organization and the kind of the, um, the great uh, demand surge came through. But actually, the metal price hasn't really varied that much since 2006, 2007. It's been around $4 per pound, but that's on a um, on a dollar basis. And of course, you've had these huge, huge, huge inflationary quantitative easing um, moments, first of all, around the global financial crisis, then 
through the subsequent 10 years after the global financial crisis, and then, of course, massively into COVID. So the copper price is flat in nominal terms, but in real terms, it's actually a very, very unchallenging uh, price. And when you look at the, uh, the difficulty of expanding supply, you look at the difficulty of maintaining supply and let alone bringing in um, new uh, new sources of supply through new mines, which as we know takes 15, 16, 17 years to start, one really has to realize that the, the supply um, projections look incredibly tight and demand, of course, still stays strong. Um, and the more that governments push on the decarbonization, the electrification of our energy grid, um, or our lives, um, the more copper that will be needed. So I'm still very positive about the um, the general outlook for copper. The, this year has been pretty sideways, but in a sense, that's been quite good. And I think we're beginning to see some interest now back into the junior um, space. And um, explorers go explorers, because that's where the, the real value is going to be made. Right. So talking of which, let's go straight on to the results of the last two weeks. From the 18th of December, we had uh, Brixton Metals Corporation, uh, Tribeca uh, Resources, Benton Resources again, well, I'll talk about that later, uh, Gladiator Metals, MTB Metals, and Barksdale Resources uh, with a lowly uh, uh, six meters at 1% for a 6.6 grade meters intercept. And then in the Christmas week itself, actually, this um, it came out on the 23rd um, the Saturday the 23rd rather than Monday the 25th, we had Surabi Gold and Nicola Mining. So um, we've got a bunch of metal um, companies to talk about. Let's get straight in. Okay, uh, Brixton Metals. I don't really know Brixton Metals. I was slightly surprised to see the market capitalization of $62 million Canadian. And then I looked at the um, five-year price. A few of these price charts are... Um, screen grabs from Google. Some of them are um, Yahoo, which is my kind of preferred charting uh, free app. But uh, last week, or um, when I was preparing this, the the Yahoo charting facility wasn't really working on the, kind of, um, at the level I wanted. So I've just got a few screen grabs from Google. I hope that's okay. But really what you can see from this Brixton Metals share price is that for the last uh, four years, it's been four or five years. It's been a bit of a disappointment. Yes, it had uh, a pi price peak in uh, the time of kind of the gold high in the middle of 2020, but really it's been kind of on a slight downward trend since then. So I didn't, um, as I said, I didn't really know much about this company. Uh, I looked at the drill re release, and of course, the first thing I see is 248 meters of copper equivalent figure which doesn't help me and it pisses me off sorry language it annoys me um, within 717 meters of another copper equivalent figure which are as we know the wrong way to go um, but it's very common with Canadian companies to do it um, so I read on they're pleased to announce the remaining 2023 drill results from its Camp Creek copper porphyry target on its wholly owned Thorn project which is in northwest British Columbia East of Juneau in Alaska. Right. So we know it's got kind of winter issues. It's it's right up there. Um, okay. Step out drilling. In, so these are the highlights. 
Step Out Drilling has expanded the mineralization to a, let's call it a kilometer square area. That's fine. 717 meters of 0.2% copper. Mm. Okay. And 0.05 grams gold with some molly. Now, they they didn't say from which depth it was. And I've kind of uh, helpfully put in, I think helpfully put in that from 885 meters. So these are, this is a deep intersection. From 885, uh, there's 717 meters. So this is kind of a 1.6 kilometer um, hole. I mean, these, these, these are deep. Um, and then the hole 277, remember that was hole 285. So there's lots of holes in between. Um, you know, there's kind of eight holes here. And one highlight is from hole 277. It ended in two meters of 0.7% copper with strong porphyry indicators. And while the hole failed to reach its target depth, I mean, I goodness know what that target depth was, um, it's set up to wedge. Okay. Then the chairman and CEO, hmm, chairman and CEO, I don't really like that relationship. It's not good corporate governance, but there we go. So chairman and CEO Gary Thompson stated, 2023, another successful year. We appear to have a large mineralized and alteration footprint with limited deep holes testing a buried system. I mean, yeah, I mean, talk about buried, that's deep. And they've got a, uh, they're financing, which is good. That's good to see that they've got $14 million in there. In the press release, there was a low resolution image, which I've just dropped in here, showing the location of the uh, the 2023 drilling and the ones with the black lines around them show which are the current release. So one, two, three, four, which makes me think that there's one, two, three left to come. Uh, or perhaps they were released earlier. I'm not sure. But anyway, there were four holes released in this one. And this is what it looks like in cross-section with the the rough shape of mineralization down at the bottom here. Now, this is, this is deep stuff and low grade. And then I thought, well, Crikey, how are they planning this? We well, you know what's the what's the approach? I went into the presentation and on slide sixteen they talk about Camp Creek being a block cave target. Uh, what is block cave mining? It's underground bulk tonnage mining with typically production rates of thirty thousand tons per day, thirty to one hundred and forty thousand tons per day. I think the the average. The, of working block caves, I think it's 30,000 tons per day. I don't think it's um, anything bigger than that. Um, it says cost-effective for a large, deep ore body. Uh, I think you can add to that. Cost-effective for a large, deep uh, ore body with the right grades and with the right rock mechanics and with the right mineralogy. So it do, it's not just about being large or deep. You've got to have the grade. And if you look at the porphyry projects that are currently using block cave um, techniques, you can see that the average grades are pretty high. Okay, so um, Cadia uh, is 0.3% copper, 0.29% copper, and that's the lowest grade, I think, on this list. They have got all their infrastructure. They had all their, their infrastructure paid from the open pit or and from the earlier stage mining. And so, in a sense, that's not a true picture. It's not a greenfield site here. Um, but all of them have got pretty high grades. And if you look at point two as being the highlight, you've got to think to yourself, oof, we need improvements on this before we 
uh, are in the right zone. So I'm. I would, what I would like to see from Brixton Metals is um, some high-grade elements and really being able to bulk out those high-grade elements because at the moment, having deep, low-grade intersections doesn't quite uh, make it. But uh, there we go. Good luck. Um, and I'd love them to put in the from uh, from the from twos when they're putting in their highlights on the first page. So um, onwards and upwards, they've got some finding, um, they've got some funding, um, and I hope the 2024 drilling brings in grade as well. Right, uh, Tribeca Resources. Uh, it's a relatively new company, $16 million market capitalization. Uh, they listed, I think, in 2020. Uh, Paul Gao and Thomas Schmidt. Uh, Matt has done an interview with them on trucks uh, that I know. They're IOCG specialists. And here we go. Uh, Tribeca Resources drills 82 meters of 0.41% copper. That's good. Within 224 meters uh, of 0.31% uh, copper. Great. Great. At its La Higuera Copper Gold Project in northern Chile. Fine. Please turn out results from the first diamond hole of the phase two drilling program. So this is the first hole from phase two. Uh, I seem to recall that phase one had a couple of good intersects. Uh, here we go. Drill hole eight intersected to the thick interval of copper gold mineralization from the base of shallow gravel cover. There we go. So from 50 meters down hole, they hit eight to two meters at 0.41%. That's great. That's really good um, from surface. Two additional holes have been completed and are currently being logged and sampled. Good. Drilling continues with the key objective of the program being to test 650 metres of additional strike length at the northern end of the one kilometre long mineralised Gabby Copper Gold Discovery. Good. And then I come to the concession and I look at this and here they are. There's a kind of this little um, lobe off the top of their licence area. I think, oh, are they cramped? And looking at the scale, 500 metres yeah, you can get a lot of, you know, that's five football pitch lengths. You can get a lot of um, infrastructure into 500 meters, and this is a kilometer across. So they're not really cramped for space to the east, although this corridor is right up against their boundary. Look at where they put these drill pads on the concession boundary here. So they can't really step out and drill from someone else's property. So that's interesting. Yeah, I'd like to hear them talk about that and kind of the infrastructure. I think there's a road somewhere through here as well. Um, so that would be that would be good to learn more about. But really nice news release, good mineralization. So this hole, uh, as I understand from when I read through it, kind of looks as if it going. Uh, there we go. Here we go. It was a fifty meter step back from the previously reported uh, hole one. So um, and it's confirmed the significant thickness of mineralization. So th this was hole one here. Boom, with lovely, great cross-section, by the way, guys. Congratulations, really good work. This was hole one last year, which had a really good um, intersect. And then this was the 50-meter step back. Interestingly, it comes down to here, and there was a fault here. And there was nothing under, not really much mineralization down here. So that's, that's quite curious why that mineralization didn't continue. And if that fault is there, why, you know, these, these are quite close, these, these, Areas. So there's lots more to understand. Um, but my goodness, this is encouraging. And Dr. Paul Gao says the first hole in this new drilling program uh, hits a strong zone, strong magnetite breccia hosting, well developed copper gold mineralization. That's interesting. 
that it's hitting magnetite brittship? Because I always thought with IOCGs that it was the demagnetization of the ironstone that went associated with the copper gold mineralization. So this is obviously some kind of nuance here, because typically what you get is the hydrothermal fluids would kind of uh, demagnetize and kind of give a hematitic replacement. But I look forward to these guys are great geologists, so I'm, I, I really look forward to hearing them talk about it and understanding more about this geology. So, what would I like to see uh, personally? I'd like to learn more about the geology, but perhaps that's not so relevant for the bigger picture. But yes, I want to seek strike continuity. I'd like to understand how they're going to tackle this proximity to the concession boundary. Um, that'd be good to hear or read. Um, but yeah, keep going. Good luck. I looking forward. I look forward to seeing the next two uh, drill results. Um, great. Keep going, guys. Good stuff. Okay, Benton. Here we go. Another drill hole from Benton. Now, um, Matt did a interview with um, Stephen Stairs uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I've. Listen to it, and I'm really encouraged. I thought, wow, that that was a great interview. It really gave some color uh, on this drilling and um, what was going on. Um, and I would like to talk to him. I'd like to um, do a kind of a technical interview that I think I, I would really enjoy that. The market capitalization is still only $29 million. Um, here we go. Look, I did this chart on the 20th, 20th of December, 16 cents. I think when I did the calculation, it was a, a day or two later. Um, they've hit 18 meters at 3% copper for a 56 grade width thickness. Um, Benton expands the bur great burnt copper deposit with three new drill holes. Good. Right. Excellent assay results. South central Newfoundland. The latest three drill holes, 9, 10, and 11. Highlights include hole 10. A wide interval of stringer disseminated semi-massive and massive sulfides grading 2.38% copper over 24 meters, including 3% over 18 meters. I mean, these are great, great results. This is very close to the surface. Um, uh, the company continues to be impressed with the success of its inaugural phase one drill program, not just the company. I am also impressed. Um, the significance... Uh, expansion of this high-grade system where it remains open up dip down plunge and a long strike you can't ask for more 9 11 also good with hole 9 giving 3.5 percent copper over 8 meters and hole 11 giving just under 2 percent 1.9 percent over 16 meters love it steven stairs states these latest results continue to demonstrate the potential for significant expansion of the robust system at great burnt we are looking forward to further assay results as we as we prepare for our winter exploration program designed to expand the deposit and then I, later in the news release there was a note saying intervals for 2023 drilling are about 95 percent true width for holds 11 12 13 and 14 and about 70% of true width for the remaining holes. I don't know whether that's an orientation of the ore bo um, body or uh, shallower holes. Now, strangely, I think the resolution of their long section in this news release is worse than in previous versions. I don't know why that is. Uh, so you can't actually, it's really hard to read the detail. However, um, what you can see is that the holes in red, this one, one, two, and three, so holds nine, 10, and 11, 
are this star here, this star here, and this star here. So uh, kind of quite a step out of this known mineralizing body. It's thick. It's a step out from known mineralization. And when I listened to the interview with Matt, I really got a better feeling for how the this geology has not been followed up on, how the, the, the historic drilling is uh, an indication of where mineralization uh, at least is, but it doesn't give anything close to the full picture in terms of grade or thickness, or it hasn't defined the limits um, of mineralization, which is what Great Burnt, um, sorry, what Benton Resources are doing now. I really, really like this. I just, I, I, I just want to see more drilling. So keep them coming, keep them coming. We've got a few more holes. Uh, these ones in black, one, two, three, and a, a bunch in here, which are due to, I think, still due to be released. We've got hole 21 here, hole 22, 20, 19. Yeah, so these ones in black are still to be um, released. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven more holes to come. Fantastic. These, these, these are good results, and I, I don't expect to see anything other than good results from this round of drilling because it's kind of within a proven system. I still would like to see some cross-sections uh, to understand what the relationship is. And uh, listening to the interview with Matt, I'd also like to see some results from the drilling along strike. But um, there's so much more to come from this company. Um, go for it. Keep going. Right. Gladiator Metals Corp. I know we're going back a bit. This was released on the 11th of December, but it only came out two weeks ago, and so I kind of included it in this year-end uh, report. Gladiator discovers new zone of copper mineralization at Cowley Park. Um, highlights. Assays from nine of 22 holes of a recently completed 4,000-meter diamond drill program uh, were released. Significant intercepts include 26 meters at 1.49% copper, plus molly from 98 meters depth. That's good. That's really good. Um, hole 23, 13 meters at 2% copper, plus 1,000.1% molly. That's really good. 58 meters at 0.74. That's good. Plus 1.12% molly. That's really good. 7 meters at 1.5-ish. Um, that's good. No molly grade in that. That's interesting. Um, 16, hole 16, 58 meters at 0.6. These are good grades. You know, I'd never heard of this company before. It's got a lowly market capitalization of $19 million. It doesn't look as if it's been listed for very long. This is the five-year chart, but it only goes back to 2021. Um, it looks as if they came to market at around 30 cents, and they're currently trading at um, 42 cents. So really, really good uh, stuff. Okay, so I was trying to... Then I looked at this cross-section. I thought, ooh, goodness, what's going on here? There's some kind of folded folded uh, feature. And then the mineralization is very, very kind of um, strangely arrayed. Uh, maybe, you know, I couldn't work it out. Are these, is this mineralization? Is this a geophysical um, uh, anomaly? I, it was all a bit, ooh, that's, that's interesting, but I wanted more information. Um, right, so I read on shallow results. Confirm the continuity of shallow copper molly scarn mineralization. Okay, that explains a lot. Scarns. They are an alteration, um, kind of a contact metamorphism, metamorphism deposit where you've got acidic fluids hitting uh, a um, an alkali substrate 
and the, the, the fluids get neutralized and the metals drop out. And it's all about uh, fracture systems and fluid flows and where these fluids get to in the kind of um, deformed uh, rock. They're structurally really complicated and they, they're, they're, they're not... Well, it's a fracture system, perhaps more than the kind of the shear, shear system, if you know what I mean. So it's 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 a very st strange uh, um, morphology. The geometry of scar deposits can be very very complicated, as indeed can the mineralization there. The um, but they talk about copper and mineralization, copper and moly mineralization remaining open along strike and down dip in all directions. That's good. Gladiators also says it's fully funded to expand its ambitious exploration program. That's good. I don't know what the funding situation is, but the fact that they're stating it is good. So CEO Jason Buntempo says, drilling continues to define the continuity and the scale of high-grade copper mineralization at Cowley Park, uh, as well as providing further definition to the potentially signif significant coincident molybdenum mineralization. And that's interesting there. He's saying it's it's not actually... Uh, was implying that it's not part of the same mineralizing event. It just seems to be kind of um, an overlay of moly mineralization, a kind of a, a secondary phase or a primary phase, but a phase of mineralization which came at the different time to the copper. Um, they've discovered a new zone only 50 meters to the south of the historic drill area, highlights the exploration upside. And then he goes on to say, I look forward to reporting the remainder of the assays from the second drill campaign at Cowley in the coming weeks. I agree. I think those are going to be good. Um, and it's really interesting. Um, and then I, 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 I didn't know anything about this. I went and I had a look at it and I could see some of these historic drill holes, you know, 90 meters at 1.9% uh, copper from 22, 26 meters depth. You know, these are good grades, you know, 10 meters at 7% copper, 23 meters at 3% copper. These are, this is really interesting. Now, I'll, I'll watch this closely. Scans have got really, really complicated uh, mineralogy, typically. So as this develops, it'll be crucial to understand what the total copper grade is, what the soluble copper grade is, what the uh, mineralogy of the, the, the mineral species is, um, how the copper and the moly uh, uh, behave metallurgically. Petrographic studies are going to be crucial here. But... Um, for me, this was a news release that kind of piqued my interest. These things are complicated. It's not like um, the Benton uh, BMS, which is kind of generally much simpler. So Benton feels kind of much more uh, a much more straightforward story, kind of structurally planar, I think. Um, and this is more amorphous. And anyway, it it. it interested me and I look forward to hearing more from them. I look forward to seeing those um, new assays. I like. I, I looked at the presentation uh, and in fact I took this slide from the presentation. There was much of interest. I would probably like to get them on to do an interview because I don't know. I, there's only so much you can glean from a presentation. I wanted to actually hear the voice and hear the guy um, explaining it. But yeah, much to like, especially with a market cap of only $19 million. Uh, right, so onwards. MTB Metals Corp, $9 million market cap. Oof, you look at the share price. Oof. I mean, that's flatlining. I mean, if that was a personal life support machine, you'd probably switch them off. But it's not. They live another day. It's an exploration company. And it says, drilling at MTB's Telegraph project confirms mineralization in line with Golden Triangle, Porphyry, Copper, Gold, 
deposits. And that made me smile. I really like that because my understanding of these golden triangle porphyry copper gold deposits is that they're pretty low grade. So if it's in kind of in line with that, then it's going to be low grade. And look, um, first hole intersected 107 meters at 0.38% copper equivalent. Oh, it's a dagger to the heart when they do this. It drives me uh, mad. You know, why do it? Why do it? Um, anyway, the drilling spans 3.3 kilometers of the dock trend, which remains open, and assays are pending on another three holes. Okay, first hole. The grade and thickness in this hole are comparable to those found in active mines. Let's have a look. Uh, hole one intersected 107 meters of copper equivalent nonsense, which we need to go to the table one to look for details. And so I go to table one. And there it is, 436 meters of 0.13% copper. Oof, that's low grade. Including 107 meters, here we go, at 0.26% copper. That's still low grade, even with a bit of gold kicking in. And then, then there's a note underneath which is saying, recoveries are set at 100% for all metals for purposes of the copper equivalent calculation, as no metallurgical test data is available. Quite. And then he goes on to say, copper equivalent is used for illustrative purposes only and does not imply that the metals are economically recoverable. Quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just don't do it. Anyway, I looked at the cross-section and whew, that's a fearsome slope, that is. My goodness me. That's, that's you're going to need climbing equipment to get up there. I, I don't know how they got the, the drilling up there. And interestingly, is an IP combined IP anomaly, but they they didn't drill up here. I wonder if that's because up here the the drilling rig is is too steep. Anyway, so I look at this and I think, yikes! It's the use of copper equivalents which kind of really puts me off at this first. It puts them in a negative position, and then I have they have to kind of win back my affection, and I haven't yet found the love for this. Um, it's in the same regions, four world class deposits. Uh, and it says four holes were drilled in 2023 for a total of 2,100 meters. So kind of roughly 500 meter holes each. Um, three separate targets. Hole three appears to be in the same target zone. Hole two and four tested two separate targets. Results for those three are pending. That'll be interesting. Even at this stage of exploration, says Lawrence, C, uh, Lawrence Rulston, the CEO, we've confirmed a mineralized porphyry that can, carries significant grades of copper and gold. Hmm. I would say just grades of copper and gold. Leave out the significant because it's not, I don't think. Um, they provide strong encouragement the telegrapher's potential in line with the other porphyry deposits in this area. Well, John Ryan, member of the advisory board, I've worked in mineral multiple BC porphyry mines and led exploration programs on numerous porphyry systems. I consider these results to be extremely encouraging. I might just leave out the extremely and just call it encouraging. The grade and width of the intercepts is comparable to drill holes from active BC alkalic porphyry mines. It, that could well be true. You, you could well get, in an active mine, you could get intersections like this. But I think you would have paid off the capital or made the, the investment on higher grade kind of bulk tonnage. The fact that this was the first hole by the NPB metal team speaks to the success of the team's systematic approach. Agreed. I've got no doubt that these guys are doing good work. Um, 
and I don't want to cast any aspersions about the quality of the work they're doing. Um, and I look forward to seeing what their next um, holds are. I just can't get too excited by BC low-grade porphyries, even though I know that some of them are in production. Um, but yeah, up and at them. Keep going. <clears throat> right, next. Okay, Barksdale Resources Corporation, another company I'd never heard of. Market capitalization, $36 million. So hanging in there, not doing so badly. Um, Five-year share price, uh, not so bad, really, when you th look at it. You know, they've held their held their ground. It's 49 cents, so let's call it 50 cents. And uh, they were under um, 60 cents five years ago, which isn't anything. Uh, it's not a pause for celebration. It's not value growth. However, it's not uh, the disaster that many junior companies have faced in the last few years. Right. So rather uninspiring headline. It's a December drilling update. Barksdale Resources provides corporate update for the Sunnyside Copper Lead Zinc Silver Exploration Project in Arizona. Arizona, we like Arizona. Tick. Okay, and then the highlights. Hole 3 has crossed into the Paleozoic Carbonate Package at 1.2 kilometers underground. Yikes! And it's continuing to, to the targeted depth of 1.8 kilometers. Wow, these are deep. Um... The drill hole is expected to cross the projection of multiple massive sulfide lenses over the next approximately 500 meters. Hole 2 was completed to 1.9 kilometers, having intercepted multiple zones of porphyry-related mineralization, including a shallow enrichment blanket, veins, and porphyry mineralization. And then, then the grades that follow from a 1.9 kilometer meter hole, 27 meters of secondary copper enrichment from 320. Assays are being rerun to lab quality control issues. I think they might have just been disappointed with the low grades they got the first time round. Six meters of quartz montanite, hosting 1%, hosting vein mineralization of 1% copper and 16 grams silver from 1.1 kilometers. Yikes. That's not going to cut the mustard. Um, and then broad, low grade. Uh, over, mineralization over about 150 meters. Crikey. My goodness. So that um, Rick Trotman, the president and CEO, says, I'm pleased to report that Barksdale has entered the targeted Paleozoic carbonate sequence, which is over here, I think, on this cross-section, which is the host for copper, zinc, lead, silver, CRD mineralization in the area, carbonate replacement deposit. Over the next 15 to 10, 10 to 15 days, we anticipate that the hole will cross through the projection of multiple massive sulfide zones that were seen in a historic hole, TH, TCH2. And it, Sun 3 will act as the mother hole for multiple wedge holes. Okay. I mean, this got me really thinking. And then they go on to say, um, given the limitations of the South Canyon rig to drill with HQ rods down to depth, which is, um, HQ is the, the, the bigger core um probably what you need for wedging off following our experience with the large void in the boundary zone <clears throat> see news release from october we want to ensure future success and we've been told by our drilling contractor bought long year that a more powerful drill rig could be available soon but then again it could not be available soon so i was thinking to myself what are these guys up to because this just seems bonkers and then i then i saw I went to the presentation and I had a look around and looked at the website. Is it's kind of a um, 
it's a neurology play. This line here represents uh, the property boundary, and this was um, bought by South 32, and this was the, the Taylor deposit, which was bought for a couple of billion dollars, and then South 32 gave it a $1.3 billion write-down when the resources weren't that great. So, yikes. And then Barksdale can earn an initial 51% of Sunnyside over a two-year period. Total commitment is $3.5 million, $3 million cash, $12 million in exploration, and 15 million shares. Wowzers. And there's the, there's the if you go into the presentation, there's a kind of a porphyry target here and a CRD target here. Right, well, let's see what the drilling gives. But um, it's going to need to be pretty inspiring. Um, right, on to the, I think, the last two... Um, is that right? Yes, the last two pres um, the press releases, which came out just before Christmas or just after Christmas. Um, Sarabi Gold, a gold producer with a couple of small mines in Brazil, the uh, a pretty uninspiring share price. My views on gold producers, well, small miners, is that when you're a small miner, you're so busy running to stand still that you can never really make real progress. However, they do have this joint venture, an exploration joint venture with um, Vale on the Matilda project in um, um, Pará state, northern Brazil. I've looked at this before. I think the grades were pretty uninspiring then, and I wasn't quite so sure about the, the economics of it uh, in terms of what the splits were with Vale. So that's something you would need to go and look at. I, it's It slipped my mind. But the highlights of the news release uh, seem to be a wrap-up of the drilling of the year. I think they were trying to, Sarab was trying to get all 21 holes uh, uh, published, but they they just kind of ran out of time, which is why this has got, if you see here, it's got 19 results of the 21 drill holes from the 21 holes that were drilled in this year. About uh, 7,600 meters uh, 21 holes, so that's about 360 meters per hole. Um, the first phase was holes 1 to 10. Second phase holds 11 to 21. And based on soil geochemistry and uh, three early holes. Right. So uh, to date, 12 of the holes have returned 0.2% copper in downhole intervals of greater than 10 meters. So grade thicknesses of two or above. The second phase highlights included 21 meters at 0.4% copper and 0.1 grams gold from 95. That's useful. Uh, hole 15, 25 meters at 0.34 plus 0.09 grams gold from 100 meters. And hole 16, 34 meters at 0.34 and 0.1 from 142. These are kind of shallowish. Okay, the drilling to date has delineated a shallow mineralized zone with an exploration target between. 21 million tons at 0.4% copper up to 81 million tons at 0.28% copper. Oof. That's quite small and it's not going to be big enough for Valet. Is it big enough to be economic? I don't know. I mean, 81 million tons at 0.28% copper, that would give you about 300,000 tons of contained copper, which is right on the lower end of what would be warranted as a development project and that's at the top end of their exploration target so a lot will depend on the infrastructure and the 
capex required to get this set up because if they're right next to power road and um transport and you know all of that good stuff then it might work uh just at that size just just kind of ballpark um but if it's in the middle of the jungle then that's not gonna make things fly but it's really good that they have spoken about this and this thing is wide open it's absolutely wide open um they've done the there's some good maps since news release they did talk about the strike extent so there's um there's lots of reasons for optimism but that initial exploration target it's a good target to have uh question mark is it an economic threshold i think you'd have to do more work to work out whether this is going to be a viable project but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do the exploration because it's through exploration that you can add tons to your exploration target or you can add potential to your 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 target zone right and look it just says here this <clears throat> i mean it's a well written news release Sarabi states that this potential volume in grade is conceptual in nature as insufficient exploration has been completed to define a mineral resource and it is uncertain if a mineral resource will be delineated all true all good well written in november 2023 a large or 26 kilometer terrestrial geophysics survey was completed as part of this um exploration program and they're going to test it in 2024 all good mike hodgson the ceo says um we believe that the prospect is in its infancy is much more to deliver and then he goes on to say this typically first stage drilling into the porphyry systems would be in the region of 15 to 20,000 meters so we're delighted with these results after just 7,500 meters that's interesting i mean yes I mean, one of the things about a porphyry is that if you get onto something good, you can build tons really quickly. So you can get started into a system and get a lot of results from 7,500 meters. But he's absolutely right. These things do take a lot of drilling. So um, he's also suggesting that further results can come from deeper drilling. Yes, there's no reason why these things can't continue at depth. Um, but this feels open. So early days... I don't know if it's going to have enough to change the share price. Um, it may be that the, the, the two gold mines are able to produce on a steady state. And this could be a tiger that they got um, by the tail. I don't know. I look forward to more dr um, drill results. I look forward to the geophysics. They're on the, um, they're doing good work. So yeah, keep going. Uh, right. The last company today is Nikola Mining, a market capitalization of $43 million, which in itself is encouraging. But when you look at the share price chart, you think, oh, crikey, this doesn't trade at all. It's incredibly illiquid. No one seems to care. And it makes me think, well, who are the shareholders? Why is this $43 million? And why is it public? Anyway, I had opened up the news release. Nikola Mining, drilling program, new Craigman copper project reveals significant porphyry style alterations. Oh, dear. You know, you don't want that. You don't want to find alteration. You want to find mineralization. And alterations, any of the grammar seems a bit strange. Then I looked at the news release, and it's just, it's a classic kind of um, story from beginning to end with lots of geology. There's no synthesis. <clears throat> There's no summary on the first page. I basically had to go through the whole news release and just try and find keywords to do the job of doing the summary that a normally competent drafter would do. I, I, I don't want to be rude about Canadians. However, this is I've seen this many times with Canadian companies. It's just 
They expect you to read right from the beginning to the end. Whereas in a time-pressed uh, world where people do not have a lot of time, we just want to have the summary. Just give us the summary. And give it to us nice and easily digestible on the front page. This was hard work for me to get this information out. Anyway, they did um, six holes over 2,700 meters near an old copper deposit, and they were looking to explore the southeastern extension of the historic Skarn and to investigate the potential of a porphyry copper system. Key findings, holes one, two, three, and four to the southeast to test the Skarn, and hole one hit weakly mineralized exoskarn. Um, holes two, three, and four hit alteration, but no scarn itself. So basically, this is a miss. Um, holes five and six were t targeting the the porphyry, and they hit extensive alteration and veinlets of um, chalcopyrite and molybdenite, with some zones of copper grade. And there's a hypothesis that there might be a porphyry center there. So again, another miss. And then exploration plan, uh, more interpretation, bit of IP, drill holes, possibly later in the year. And then Mr. Espig, the CEO, said, overall, the program yielded encouraging results. Did it? Mm. Okay. While we would have liked to have seen more mineralization directly southeast of the historic pit, yes, we would have liked to have seen or even some mineralization. The drilling northeast uncovered extensive alteration. Mm-hmm. Okay. And indicates the potential other mineralization bodies. Other mineralization bodies. Mm. Okay. Strange language. Particularly, we are extremely excited to see that the outcroppings, oh, bad grammar, which we mapped extensively this time, coincide perfectly with cross-section diagrams displaying electromatic anomalies. Zorks. Good luck, is what I say. Um, not much to inspire me there, but um, perhaps they will find something next year. Anyway, good luck, everyone. Keep exploring. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you very much.